Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. <laughs> Tonight, we got them. Goldie and the Salt. Okay, welcome back to a typical disgusting display with Goldie and the Sulk, a podcast for writers by writers who hate writing. And we are joined, as always, by our producer, the lovely J.C. Brooks. Hello. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) You beat me to it. Oh. Jinx, buy me a cup. Why, why am I excluded from this joke? Well, be, uh, join in with a hello. I don't know what that is. Oh. It's not a joke. It's I don't know why to... everyone's going hello. It's and just... it's like, I, I badly want to go hello, but it's like, that, that's not why we do it. No, no. Like, it's not. The a, second it's... I do one, it's going to be, no, that's not a hello. No, no, no. It's no. not an inside joke. It's, it's just two people enjoying a British accent. Yeah, It's a weird thing that I've been doing for about five or six years. It started out as an Australian thing. Because oh. I thought, yeah. Hello. Hello. Yeah. So, because they had that weird R in there. And so I had made it a point to try to learn how to do it. And now it's just like, I can't not do it. I love it. Yeah. Keep doing it. I enjoy it. Goldie, chime in with a hello. You can say hello to JC right. whenever I'm you gonna, want. I'm going to do it right now. And there. <laughs> yes. That was good. Love it. The creepiest one of the three, I would submit. See, I'm already good. being criticized. No, it's eerie. Do it. no, I'm never creepy. doing it again. Oh, it's creepy my favorite is one. good. Oh, no. When you guys do it, it's funny. When I do it, it's creepy. Okay. <laughs> creepy it's a fun is, game. Creepy is a great word in 2021. That's what you want to be as an older guy is creepy. Sure. <laughs> um, well. By the way, that, that whatever truck is going by is not on my end. That's, I, I, think I, heard, no, that's I heard my like a end. cement mixer. Yeah. No, He's got a lawnmower. I have a lawnmower. Right? Oh, okay. That's and I fine. think gardeners will show up mid for me on my side. We'll have yeah. gardeners. Well, well conceived. <laughs> no one on this podcast can do their own lawn. Anyway. All right. Good. <laughs> anyway, Goldie, I, I loved your hello, and I want you to keep doing it. Now I yes. know you won't because we've asked you to, but yeah. I, right. I think you should. Yeah, I mean, um, now I'm going to make you beg me to do right, it. Right, yeah. <laughs> we will. I'm and then okay I'm going to be that. hurt. <laughs> Believe me, I know every emotional trick to play with this. Thing. <laughs> That's right. And then it's going to be, you guys are going to have to sidebar conference about, like, do you think he was mad about the hello, or was it like <laughs> that there's we... something in the whole dynamic that he's <laughs> right. know, really uneasy about? Like, do we need over. to you know goad him in more? <laughs> oh, God. What, that sounds exhausting to analyze. 
your anxieties would be exhausting. <laughs> I have to analyze my own every day. I'm, I'm sick of me. Um, I oh, trade that anxieties. Like, that sounds yeah, like that's, a dog. That's my dog who that's he wants. Dog, Lloyd. Come on, Lloyd. Hello, Lloyd. Well, hello. Hello. <laughs> He's become much more devoted to my wife than me, and so when my wife leaves, he uh, he whines and cries, <laughs> and, and when I leave, he uh, rejoices. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the way you always wanted it to be? Yeah, that's why I that's why I found him on the internet. <laughs> right. right. You rescued him. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't remember. He wants Steph. You want mom. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about uh, a little, a minor parenting triumph that I had today. It'll seem like nothing, but it was a very, it was a very warm, uplifting moment for me. So Goldie, you know, because you've lived with me for uh, weeks at a time and mm -hmm. you see the way uh, the parental chores are divided around our house, yeah. probably like 99, one Nin kind of a sound of music feel where I feel like your child is presented to you to do something delightful and then sort of whisked away That's right. after she's done the delightful thing. That's all I've ever wanted. Yeah. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so, Tall, we acknowledge my wife, Tall, does everything, does everything and more. So somehow today it fell to me that I had to drive my daughter, Levy, who's five, to drama camp. Impossible. Ooh. Impossible. Can't but, be done. But true. So I had to, you know, I had to do it. And you know what? I stepped up to the plate. I oh, said, wow. I can drive. I <laughs> love my kid. Year. I'll do it. You know, like the hero that I am. I stepped <laughs> to the fore, basically. So after having it explained about seven times where this place was that I was going... We, How many rotaries on Cape Cod? I know. Cape the first Cod. rotary, you go around twice. Yeah, Cape Cod is a rotary nightmare. Yeah, no, we had to go through the Otis rotary and through the Bourne rotary. Oh, you were right. Um, yeah, no, Goldie knows. He knows. <laughs> so I'm driving her there, and all the while trying to subtly discourage her from from being into drama camp right. because you don't want the last thing you want is your daughter to become an actress like <laughs> we don't right. listen we're writers we know what actresses are we don't we don't want that for our daughters right. and want, actors all and actors. Actors. so it doesn't yes. seem like a sexist thing yeah. Not, there's no respect there's no respect for nothing that. nothing <laughs> right. for either side and only the, only three or four actors in the whole world have any of our respect so it's a tough and uh, they're, dead. they're dead and they're dead <laughs> long dead so it's a tough gig to encourage someone to get into. But we're having a nice little talk on the drive over, and I wasn't really discouraging her. We were talking mostly about Kids Bop Radio. Anyway, we get there, and I'm early because I'm early everywhere. Uh, I'm very nervous. You know, my mom and dad instilled that in me, like, you know, be early. So we were early. Yeah, like your dad was really early to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I love, oh my God, I love how you can just make it rain from downtown with no guilt about any of that. I can't join in those conversations. It's, just, it's a Trey Young, like, yeah. I don't care. He's carefree out there. I get paid the same. You're just hitting, hitting insults from the logo at half court. I love it. Oh, that's so funny. Um, anyway, so we're early and we get out and, uh, you know, I'm walking her into the into the class and every time, and Goldie, you may relate to this too, every time as a dad, 
when you're kind of, and you do a lot of stuff, so this may not be fair. You do a lot of stuff with your kids. You take them places. Like Someone I don't do it too much. Too much <laughs> might be overweighted uh, to you. But anyway, I'm I'm one of those dads like from the 50s or 60s where when teachers or instructors see me, it's a surprise. Yeah, and there's is always tall, like, is tall okay? Right, right. Basically, is your wife okay? And are you actually is that you're Alec? And so anyway, am I now unraveling a potential murder scenario? I'm going to have to remember every detail of this encounter. That's right. And you'd be right to assume that in those cases where there very well may be a dateline about me someday. Um, (laughs) Anyway, I get there. And instead of like even that dance, instead of like the, oh, are you Alec? Oh, so nice to meet you. There's nothing. It was literally the first thing out of this woman's mouth was, you didn't bring her snack? Oh, no. And like, of course, oh, shamed. you know, and Levy g- instantly gives me a look like a very sad look. And I was like, I didn't know oh, anything no. about a fucking snack. Like, I was yeah. just, it's enough that I'm here driving. Like, the hero has performed his duty. I don't need to save the city and then, like, build you a new skyscraper. It's yeah. like, I've done my thing. So she, but, but Levy's look lingered with me. And because I'm early... I was like, you know, I said goodbye to her and I said, well, maybe you can share someone else's snack. Knowing in my mind, we passed a gas station on the way here. I can, That's where all I, the nutritious snacks <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and all the gluten-free ones, which Levy needs or she'll fart everywhere. So anyway, <laughs> I, you know, again, hero mode here, hero mode. Go right back to the gas station. I'm early. Have enough time. Get her. Uh, a Nature Valley granola bar. Ooh. Oh, and, so nutritious. Okay, well, what the... I, mean, I can't get her an orange. Oh, and, <laughs> and so... And then I also got her a, a bag of uh, Hanover pretzels. Oh, and uh, so I, I turn around and go back and get there one minute before the class is actually supposed to start. And I walk into the class and I'm just like literally literally rattling the bags in my hand like like for a dog and i say and i go levy and i rattled him in my hands and if you could have seen the look on her face it was worth like it, it was just everything was perfect Wait, this was presented as a triumph it was a triumph you forgot something went to a gas station i was never told (laughs) i need instructions yes and then your kid responded like a pavlovian dog to the shaking of a bag yes this was a great moment for me this was see i don't do these i don't do these parenting things that often so when i have a moment like that i i I cling to it i so i had uh my older kid, my wife brought her to camp across the country this week. And then so I had my younger kid and my dog by myself. And so... House full of maniacs. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, there, I had to bring my younger kid to school every day. And, you know, part of that is this lunch, like in your case, it's a snack. In my case, it's a lunch. So I, when I went to school, I had the same lunch from the from kindergarten to senior year. I had a Always. peanut butter sandwich... No jelly. <laughs> jelly. No one was springing for jelly in my house. I had four Ritz or saltine crackers and an apple. Oh, God. This sustained me from uh, roughly 1977 to 1991. Okay. So, my kid's school. There's no peanut butter. Like, no. Oh, like, right. No peanut like, peanuts allowed. have... Peanuts 
for this generation have assumed the headspace that nuclear war had for ours. <laughs> where it was like, Terrorism. oh my God, this thing might happen. We might be decimated. It's like someone might walk into the school with a peanut and everyone's dead. So like there's everyone no peanuts. Everyone is dead. So, so my, my kid has these lunch containers with like six separate areas. So... I'm making a bento box every morning. Like I'm like a Japanese chef all of a sudden. Like I, it's not thinking of one lunch. Like I just go, ah, oh, you know, I'll dump whatever Bologna, leftover Bologna spaghetti sandwich. in here. Yeah, it's like I've got like like concoct a whole tasting menu for a child that like a professional chef would present if they were given to someone as a gift at a rich auction. First so joke of the day. Every day. First this joke is, of the day. I'm filling, over the course of a week, I've filled 30 small boxes with things. And so then, you know, the, the dog also has freshly made food. I'm not making it, but whatever. So I... I I, I've become oh, very close to my dog. A, this isn't a switcheroo situation, is it? No. Okay, no. phew. So, but I, I just want to segue to the dog for a second here. So, <laughs> the the dog we call ourselves the boys, and uh, Lloyd and I, and and the, the boys <laughs> do two things: we oh, one watch sports, and we two kiss. This is all <laughs> we do: we watch sports and kiss. So. <laughs> He likes like the boys do. Like a little puppy, he he grabs your arm and he, he tugs a little bit. So, you know, he does that to my daughter and she encourages it and then it, it gets a little rough. And so I, in my mind, am like, I tell her not to do it, but I also want to make sure he knows a boundary that like, okay, don't if her face comes in. So I'm testing to see, okay, if I put my face here, he knows not to nip it, knowing I can get out of the way. And he just bites my nose so it was like 6 30 at night right so i'm sitting here going i gotta make this dinner my kid's on a clock he's on a walk clock i call my doctor who i pay a fortune to see because he's awesome and he just gets me into a chair of a facial surgeon at like 7 30 at night in beverly hills somewhere Oh, and, this is uh, a big wait, so anyway, do, you to, do you have to take your uh, Molly with you? Yes, because there's okay. no help right, or no. And, yeah. and I have to, like, put the dog in the car. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and keep him waiting while I'm at this facial surgery. Anyway. Window it, open. It, yeah. It, so no. it all got cleared up. But I think I know why Jeff Bezos and Richard Branson want to go to space. Like, I think I figured it out because everyone's wondering, like, why, if you have everything on Earth, why would you go to space? And I think I think the answer is because they just want an hour where if anything goes wrong, they're just like, yeah, I don't know. Like, I'm someone's like, space. you need to change the carbon filter. It's like, I don't know how to do that. I can't. I'm in space. I can't do it. I'm in space. And then if anything's going wrong in space, I can't do it. And, and then so my wife gets back and she goes, do you have a good break? Oh, No. <laughs> That's the worst. Yeah, yeah you get yeah, no I credit. Made, you get I no credit. I ran a restaurant. My face got bit. <laughs> I had to take my dog on on twenty five walks with a five year old. Which, if you've ever gone more than two steps with a five year old, you, you know. You and my can. dog is like, I call him Dudley Do Nothing because he, <laughs> like, he is more selective as to where he takes a shit than I was buying my house. <laughs> like he's sniffing around and he's like. I, I cannot shit in this school district. I will not shit in Franklin. It must be in Ivanhoe. Take me to Ivanhoe. Anyway. Oh, 
good LA specific references. So it's oh, well, uh, I, I love that that notion of not getting cra- like, oh, did you enjoy your break? It's such it's yeah. such a great wife first jab right. where it yeah. knocks you off balance. You're instantly fighting to get back to zero. Like not only will you not get credit for all the shit you did do, now you only you have to fight your way up to just have it equal be footing. Zero. Well, we've we've done enough of these, and you've known me for twenty five years. Do you think I'm able to calmly respond to that? <laughs> <laughs> like, am I able to keep a level head and sort of diplomatically explain why it wasn't a break? No, nobody. Can. Or do you think? Suddenly, Nobody I'm just can. a bald, angry hornet swarming her <laughs> in a way that, like, now I'll never get credit oh. for for all that I've done I know. because now my anger is the issue. I know. Well, and see, now it's a discussion I... about you need to really work on your anger. It's like work on my anger, but don't give me anything to do. Shoot me into don't space. I'll be fine. Shoot me for an hour. Yes, at least for a blissful oh. hour. Yeah, so, I ha- I have a thing where I'm trying to deal with it more like if i get angry about something or if i want to tell tall something that i'm pissed about sometimes i'll try and do it it's almost a worse way where where i'll try and slip it in like in a sarcastic joke yeah so like for some reason and we joked about i do nothing and that's sort of the joke around the house but in actuality the nothing is quite a bit like there's there's everything that's gross like i have to do obviously garbage dishes like just shit like that picking right. up shit whatever it is like that's my you know that's my bottom of the bottom of the rung job so it kind of annoys me about the dish emptying the dishwasher mm-hmm. is for some reason become is bedeviling me like i always i'm finding myself always doing that where it's like so many things have happened to kind of get dishes to the dishwasher. And then yeah, obviously it's a very simple thing. You, you get it, putting dishes away. It's annoying. And our dishwasher, like many, when it's done, it gives that little time reading zero, zero, zero. And I watch her walk by it like a thousand times <laughs> without even a thought to take anything out of there. Just knowing that I'm the sap who's going to be doing that stupid job. So today... And our friend Goldie Tom is here, so this was pr- the perfect crowd for this joke. Yeah, t- uh, oh. Tom Devani. Oh, uh, we, nice. we might have his voice on there. Anyway, he writes yeah. with us at, at, at Family Guy, and um, he's a very funny guy. And uh, so I said to Tall, I said, with, when Tom was sitting right there, I said, um, sweetie, and I, oh, God, I hate to ask these kind of scenarios, but in an emergency... Do you think you'd be able to, if God forbid something happened to me, do you think you'd be able to empty the dishwasher by yourself? And Tom is laughing at her and she, Tal is giving me a look like, thank God Tom was there to laugh because right. she, her look, I had to instantly grab her and kiss her. I'm like, I'm just kidding. Um, that's, that's, that's my what, cowardly That's what move. women want to be kissed by the guy who just made the, the sardonic comment. <laughs> Some do. Sometimes you can put out that fire with a good kiss. If it's quick enough. That's right. That's right. Oh, Top of the I head. I guess my, my kisses are not putting out these fires. They're somehow well, just they're like to... bouncing off like a really hard part of the neck of a turned head. It, it, it's it's hard to kiss someone when you're screaming in the next room. I, I would say 80% of my kisses just hit cartilage. <laughs> Is that because your glasses are off or what it's happens? It's just I'm missing and that someone's turning away. Didn't real didn't see me coming in. Oh God. 
a lot of forehead bumps. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. All right. Well, you know what? We're joking around already. Yeah. Why not make them official? Let's, let's hop into some Johnny jokes. Here's I uh, love that. Love here's Johnny's. Very good. Awesome. <laughs> A lot of energy put into that. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> These are Johnny Carson style monologue jokes. The kinds of jokes we wrote when we were first breaking into the business. And we like to imitate Johnny and uh, get him out there. So here we go. I'll start. <clears throat> uh, I don't know if you heard this. Uh, French authorities have opened an investigation after a fan caused a major collision at the Tour de France. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, an inspector said they may be close to solving the case. Uh, they already have a witness coming in to smell armpits in a lineup. <laughs> France. Armpits. Yeah, see, that's the old, what people back then thought of French people was that they were that's smelling. A, that's a middle of a packer. Like, you just go, look, I know. this segment I... needs to be nine minutes. <laughs> that's right. But, but it's not going to, we can't lead with that, although you just did. I did, uh, I you know. Can't, you certainly can't close with that. Cannot, but cannot. In the middle? It's sure. filler. It's filler. You yeah. have a familiar French joke in the middle. And, and <clears throat> speaking of filler, here we go. Uh, Ikea. Uh, mm. Furniture giant Ikea has unveiled a new LGBTQ-friendly line of furniture. Yeah, it's true. Uh, the furniture is tasteful, functional, uh, and resistant to gender fluid. <laughs> <laughs> Short one. Again, in the middle somewhere. We'll yeah. bury it in the middle. I like it's it. filler. Okay. <clears throat> well, here is, uh, boy, everyone's talking about this. Uh, Stand-up legend Bill Cosby was released uh, from jail this week. Uh, When reached for comment, the comedy legend said uh, he's glad he doesn't have to spend the rest of his life in prism plasm. (laughs) (laughs) I like that that takes a a controversial topic and reduces it (laughs) to to Cosby gibberish. (laughs) I don't think Johnny would ever do a Cosby impersonation like that. So that's too much respect for him here. Like he would, he would get in hot water. Yes, he would. Yeah. All right. Here's the big closer. The movie F9 set a pandemic box office record on its opening weekend, raking in over $70 million. Yeah. You know, it did so well, they've already planned uh, the next sequel where the gang goes back to college. It's called (laughs) F.U. F.U. (laughs) 
I mean, if that joke just nicely shows how out of touch he would be. Like, at that point, it's like, yeah, you're in a Palm Springs nursing home. <laughs> oh, all right. And now right. on to here's second Johnny. All right. <clears throat> Jonathan, these are Jonathan Jokathans. These are Johnny jokes, <laughs> monologue jokes. Not duologue jokes, monologue jokes. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> Donald Trump, former president. Donald Trump is filing a lawsuit demanding Facebook restore his account after the social media site banned him earlier this year. <clears throat> yeah, uh, Trump claims the ban violates his constitutional right to learn whose dog just died and wish people he barely knows a happy birthday. <laughs> That's good. That's nice. I like yeah. that one. I like that. Side note, fa Facebook should really just be called Dead Dog Book. <laughs> Everyone's dog is just dying on that site all the time. All right, here we go. Joke number two. <clears throat> Scientists are puzzled as to why hundreds of jellyfish are gathering on a beach in Rhode Island. Well, it's obviously a wedding. <laughs> oh, love it. I'm a sucker for a little, the, that's that. A, that's a jab. I love it. Uh, a stiff a jab. jab. Larry yes. Holmes. Larry Holmes. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, <clears throat> the Pope uh, currently is recovering from narrowing of the colon. Yeah, Ooh. the Pope is he's recovering from narrowing of the colon. Uh, hey, buddy, I know a couple of priests who might widen it for you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh I went my God. there. That's I went great. there. great. He would never tell that, but that's hilarious. No, I, I he he would tell that after. Ed, I can't, I, uh, I can't do this joke, but I, you know, this I is I gotta for, tell you. When we go to the Palmer Dantanas and we see the Eagles writing lion eyes across the bar, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to lean in and whisper, I know a couple of priests who might widen it for you. <laughs> That's a great, great line. All right. Uh, last one, final joke. Uh, female sprinting champion Shakari Richardson has been banned from the Olympics after testing positive for marijuana. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it's a terrible situation, but honestly... I can't think of anyone more appropriate to light the torch. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That was perfect. Excellent. Oh, love the Johnny jokes. Great really lines, good. Goldie. That's very, very funny. Good. Oh, it's my funny. God. And I was looking at that pot smoking runner one all week, too. And I was like, what? What? You got it. Yeah, I, I was working on that one, and it uh, it actually the the Pope one. I mean, this is like the interesting thing about when you're you're doing this for a living and you're writing so many of these a day. So the Pope one, you know, I know a couple of priests who might widen it for you. Then I had this Great. this other one I wanted to write about. You know, they're they're doing a a movie about uh, Tommy Lee and Pam Anderson and uh, women who've seen the cut say uh, it's very long. And surprisingly wide. <laughs> like, but then it's like, then I have two jokes about wit dick wit. Right. And it's like, it's amazing how when, when you're writing, like these things that are so specific. Yeah. That you've never thought of before in your life. You'll oddly right. just realize, oh, I, I'm now doing it 40 seconds later for the second time right. in my right, life. Right. And now I have to choose between one of these. Right. Yeah. Well, that's kind of that thing I find like when I... When I write emails, if I use a certain word 
towards if it's a three sentence email, if I use a certain strange word that I don't usually use, I often will use it again in the third yes. sentence. And then when well, I read we it, were again. writing yesterday at Family Guy, and and both stories somehow involved the use of vats. That's right. <laughs> like each, the said, A story had a vat in it, and the B story had a vat in it, and it's like what? When have I written about a vat? I know. In and my whole life. Two. To, we should have a VAT tax on oh, that episode. VAT to VAT. Nice. VAT's entertainment. We were, we were coming up yeah. with all of them yesterday. You had a good one. What, what, did you, what was your first well, one? Well, it was one of the things was a heist in, so, in the stories, and so I pitched VAT man and rob him. Yes. Oh, wow. That was good. great. That was the winner. We may have to call the episode that. It's very funny. Uh, look, we're going we're gonna to talk about today as our theme, very serious theme theme might not be the best day to talk about this because boy or we're a little mad at these guys this week um we're going to talk about agents today so what do we mean by agents is it the sunglasses suit wearing people in the matrix almost <laughs> we mean hollywood agents entertainment agents um the people who were just brought to their knees by david goodman David Goodman, moving on. <laughs> David Goodman is head of the uh, the Writers Guild, and they just have some pizza. Get some pizza. That's another David Goodman quote. Oh. Kirker, get some pizza. Moving on. There he is. See, <laughs> it's not an exaggeration. That's his and, voice. And appropriately, we should move on from David <laughs> Goodman because it's it's a yeah. narrow window of people who. I know the twelve uh, of you who know David are. You're welcome for that. He's a great guy and a yes. very fun impression. But yes, fun impression, fun guy. Well, not a fun guy, great guy. No, like, <laughs> I don't know if he's, great we're guy, not, like but we're the not opposite fun. of a fun guy. No, we're not fun either. So, no, I um, beg to differ. <laughs> anyway, oh, thank you, JC. You're gonna make me blush. Um, so yes, agents, you know, people are always very curious, um, when they want to be writers, like, well, should I get an agent? What can I do to get an agent? Like, what are the best kind of of agents and and people always talk about this catch twenty two where you kind of need a job to get an agent, but you kind of need an agent to get a job. And let's we'll talk today uh, about what you can look for in an agent, what things they do for you, what things they don't do. Like when is it good to have one? When does it not matter if you have one or you don't? Personally, I, I mean, I've had my my current agent for for quite a while, uh, Matt Rice at UTA, and I think he's great. I really enjoy working with him. I mean, granted, he doesn't have shit to do with me most of the time because I've been a family guy like forever. So it's just kind of like he gets on one phone call. Can you come back to family guy? Yes, you can. Okay, thanks. Um, but he's a really great guy. And, and I know he has a lot of great clients who love him. He's, he's um, a smart, good agent. Um, now, Goldie, I know you currently, I don't think you have an agent right now, which a lot of well, people, a lot of more and more people are doing. My, so the guy who was my agent became my manager. Right. Okay. Because so he shifted out and he was a protege, I believe, of your agent. And, and he's also great, this guy, David Stone. So now talk a little bit, because I know JC was asking about this as well. Like, what is the difference? And I think just for people who have no idea, like, what is the difference between an agent and a manager? I believe technically agents are uh, legally allowed to negotiate contracts, even though they really don't. Attorneys do that somehow, like somehow everything an agent is supposed to do when it comes time to do it, it always turns into like, well, that's not really what I handle. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> like they're very there's this they're like a great running back. They they're just able to sort of they're like Barry Sanders. They're able to sort of cut, turn and move in the opposite direction just when you think you have them pinned down. Right. Right. Um but the one thing I'll say that my agent did for me because I, I I guess you know I'll I'll get a little more global here, which is that when I got my first job at Kilbourne, I got it through you. Basically, you opened the door for me and said, "Can he submit a packet?" And I did again. I your job. material was great, so you got it through yeah, you. I but appreciate yes. that. But so I did not have an agent, and then for years I didn't have an agent. I had a job, and I was you know this ten percent I would be paying the agent. I you know turns That's into going a, in your pocket. That's yeah. going turns in into pocket. a sizable amount of money. Yeah. So I didn't need an agent because I had no plans to leave because I really enjoyed working for Craig. And then um, I, I later got an agent who uh, had bigger clients and I was attracted by that. But then I think in retrospect, he, he didn't really care about me or what I was doing. And at the same time, I also had a I got a manager who is a great manager, but I didn't need a manager then. And so I was paying her. Seemingly for no reason, because she has great clients like Anthony Jeselnik and Nick Kroll. And it's like they're I'm watching them ascend past me. And I felt like I'm kind of subsidizing their careers by right. paying their manager. And I'm sitting at Kilbourne just doing my thing. And they're starting to, you know, place play clubs and then theaters. And then um, and so I, I think traditionally and all of this is changing. A manager is more for a performer right. who's trying to choose between like an arc for their career because you know it's easy to be typecast as you know this is a person who's on cop dramas or something and then now you can't go do light comedies you can't do hospital dramas because people think you're a cop right (laughs) but i think increasingly uh writers are turning to managers because of this whole guild action that happened with with the agents right Um, right so uh, and and we can get into that, although it's not that interesting what no. happened between the writers and the agents. Basically, uh, I think the the long and short of it was that the Writers Guild felt that agents were practicing unfairly by doing something called packaging, uh, which is basically when an agency can dominate an entire show with their clients, actors, and writers, and they also produce the show and get money that way. So it was like they were kind of... In an agent, in a, in a in a job where their whole thing is to kind of chisel, and I mean yeah. that in the normal sense, like you're chipping a little bit off of your yeah. clients. I think people felt packaging was a little too much chiseling. Like yeah. we don't, you can take ten percent off the top for what you do, but we don't like this other stuff that's happening. Right. And I mean, here's the thing: whenever a pile of money appears, people appear to take some of the money. Yes. And so there's no avoiding that. So if you in your career have any success, you're going to have what I call paid friends, which are your, in the best case, you want to get along with them as I get along very well with my manager. And, and he, you know, I, he is someone I, I turn to, but I am, he's not paying me. I'm paying him, but he's done a good job. He's done several things for me. It's like, my, your therapist, right. you know, they're, you're telling them all your stuff and it's like, Hey bud, you didn't pay me this week. So now you can't talk to me about, right. about your relationship anymore. <laughs> but I, I will say that the only, the, the one thing in my career that's made the biggest difference that my agent did, and it was never finding a job, which I, 
I, where the, I'll tell the tree you cutting you... people are going nuts on your end right now. Yeah, well, you should see this tree. I mean, <laughs> this tree that they're laying waste to has gotten yeah. so cocky, and it's, I just I wish I was out there to watch this tree get taken <laughs> down to size because it just thought like I'm gonna grow over the house. <laughs> nope. As long as I want, I'm gonna catch Can't. fire. I'm gonna get dry. I'm gonna crack take, a shingle. Take them down with me. And now someone just showed crack up. Crack some Spanish tile up there. Yeah, uh, they're laying waste to it. Um, I'm sorry. I, the one thing your agent did. Well, so I've been on the other side of this. I've been both, you know, someone who was looking for a job, and I've been someone who was staffing a show. And so few agents, I will say ever follow up so if you just should ask a showrunner hey what agents have you dealt with who have ever followed up that's a great point and then just go with one of those people that's a great point and and i feel bad that i'm not going to be able to remember his name but there was some guy this year for family guy who had a couple of people that he was pushing for staffing and he checked in with us every month and you know of course when you're on the end of having to look at those things you're like, Jesus, guy, back off. But then to think of it that way, the way you just presented, that's it a great agent. It sticks in your head. It's a great agent. Well, you'll, I'll always take the call from the agent because you never know your, what your future scenario is going to be if you're going to need someone's help and you're going to want them to take the call. So it's it's a bad right. practice to get into to, to be going like, I'm not taking their call. Right. Because right. I, inevitably, at some point in your career, both at the beginning and at the end, you will be begging for people to do things for you. Yes. Okay. That's begging. inevitably. Like a doc. Yeah. Yes. You will be in in a beta position. Yeah, beta cuck. You keep you love bringing that up. I think um, I know what your uh, Pornhub search history might be. Um, but that that is there is no search history. I just go with whatever's out there. Yeah, just it's roulette. All, it's all fine. It's all the same. It's, it's all within 4% of each other. <laughs> That's true. You're right. The worst porn and the best porn. It's like pizza. Yeah. All It's all good. Now, but let's talk for a minute about when you were, or when we were both first, you know, because the real problem for people who want to be writers is getting an agent to begin with at all. Now, for me and for you, it was easier because we got jobs through people we knew or with the help, you know, kind of got in the door through people that we knew. And we were already, it's like our paycheck was in place. So to get an agent at that point was incredibly easy. Like people well, who that, wouldn't start taking 10% of your money for, for nothing, no work. So no work. I went to CAA eventually and I was so happy. It's like, Oh my God, I'm represented by CAA. You later learn that really means nothing. Right. But they just take 10%. Sure. And it, sure. It, it, it's like college, right? Like you can go to Harvard and you don't apply yourself and you learn nothing <laughs> and you take easy classes and you're a bum. And then you go to somewhere that might not be as well regarded, uh, say, uh, Connecticut Maryland. College. Yeah, Connecticut College. <laughs> and you apply yourself and your professors like you and you get a great education. So I, Which I, I did not do. Right. So. <laughs> I think so much of it is going to wind up being what you put in your own career. Uh, and then I'll, like, I'll say, I'll say for me, the, the biggest thing in my life that made the biggest difference was when I was at the stage of having an overall deal with a studio, my agent 
very wisely went around and got other people interested in me. And that's the only way your salary will ever improve is right. there's a bidding war. Right. And that's that happened. Idea. And right. then I, I made a lot more money because of that. Yeah. And, and that is that is why I'll be with him forever. Because when the time came to do that one thing. Yeah, he did it. And it be and that's made a bigger difference in my life than almost anything that's ever and happened. And that wow. has made all the difference. And is look that, at me. is that our friend Bob Frost? That has yes. made all the difference. Bobby Frost. I live in a fifteen hundred square foot house <laughs> with a one car garage. <laughs> and a dog that bites your face off. That boy. Um that was funny, by the way, when you came into the room with that bandage the other day and, and Danny says, You really got bit by a dog? Because it looks like you got in a bar fight and you got your glasses smashed back into the bridge of your nose. And he said that with the confidence of someone who's been in that situation many times. <laughs> oh, I mean, I at that at that moment I was like like this guy would be an incredible detective. I know. I was he like, now that. I'm like, is that what happened? <laughs> I know. It, it feels like that's what happened. <laughs> yes, he columboed that moment very yeah. well. Well, yeah. To talk about so again, we came into it where the agents were coming to us, but you often hear people say, you know, how can I get an agent? How can I get an agent's attention? I mean. It's like anything. It's it's like what we were talking about in past weeks of like, how do I get on staff? How do I how do I get a writer's job? Even within getting agents, it's like it helps to know have an in at the agency. Do you know another client at that agency? Do you know someone who's you know an assistant there? Do you is there some form of in that you can have? You can't just. It's just as difficult to sort of cold send scripts to agents. And say like, well, I don't know. I never heard back from them. Like, uh, of course you didn't. Like, you have to have some kind of connection. A tenuous one even will work. But you need something, right, Goldie? It's like you can't just just send scripts in, in and expect that agents are going to read it and say, oh, my God, this kid in Iowa is terrific. Like, let's well, get I, him out here. I, I'll go a little further and say it, it's like any power dynamic in life. It's like you don't want to be asking them. You want to be doing something where they're asking you. Yeah. So right. you need to do something to draw attention to yourself in a positive way. You know, about probably seven or eight years ago now, it was the guy who wrote the Seinfeld that took place on 9-11. Right. That became a thing. It went around Twitter. Recently, it was that guy, the the customer IKEA customer service guy on we TikTok. We hired him, by the way. The the Seinfeld guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, cool. The but did you see the guy on TikTok who did the IKEA customer service thing? Where it's yes. like, you want to yes. see a manager? Let me tell you. Yeah. So yeah. if you do, and now that guy is a, a touring comic. He was a comedian who did that, and cool. he he got yeah. gigs like Patton Oswalt re re-tick-tocked him? I don't know. So <laughs> the, the first thing I would say would be, uh, my advice would be to think a little more globally than trying to beg someone and get them to read your script, which, again, like the front page of Pornhub, the the variance between the scripts might be smaller than you think it is. Yes. Um, and to do something spectacular where people go, oh, it's the guy on TikTok who, you know, hit right. himself in the head with a throwing hammer. Right. Well, not that. We're not going to encourage that, Goldie. <laughs> Although that might get you an agent. So who knows? Maybe he hit right. himself with a hammer. Ball peen. But, Ball peen. <laughs> <clears throat> but you're always going to be wanting to, 
at the end of the day, you're going to need to create a little bit of something around yourself to get the attention you want. You're so you're so right about that. And I, I hadn't even thought of it. And I know that, you know, maybe a decade ago or let's say eight years ago, uh, looking at people's Twitter for yes. like a late night job or even for like Family Guy, it would be a component. You'd still want to see a script, but somebody's Twitter page, it was like, oh, you should read their Twitter. They're very funny. And it would help. And oftentimes, I think, remember, Seth brought that guy from, like, Australia to come meet everybody uh, because of his Twitter. You remember that guy? I think you uh, were there, vaguely, Goldie. Vaguely, uh, Mark, Mark, wow. Mark Leggett. I mean, anyway, Seth he, has introduced me to so many people. He's, I know. Oh, just, <laughs> have you met Carl Sagan's widow? Uh, yes. <laughs> I actually have. <laughs> yes, me too. Oh, we and all she, have. And she's lovely. I was up there sure. recording this. And you know, she's. Yen. Hey, right. That's right. And, and you know, the, Andrew, Yan, banana, fan of <laughs> the funny thing is Seth took me to, uh, several years ago at John Williams at the bowl concert and mm -hmm. he was, and he was brought a date and then got me a ticket. And I was essentially a date with Carl Sagan's widow. <laughs> and like, I mean, she's, she, and she's lovely right. and she's, but she's significantly older than I, I mean, right. it, it's silly, but we had one moment where we were running to go see the show because we were a little late. And uh, she got her heel caught in like a sewer grate. And I literally had to stop and like help pry it out it's for like her. So Marilyn it was a very Monroe chivalrous moment. moment for me. You're, you're now seeing the widow Druyan. <laughs> I mean, we were joking, but he has introduced me to, I mean, just the ones off the top of my head. He introduced me to Marilyn Manson, oh. Russell Crowe. I was Whoa. standing next to him and he was like, oh, this is Goldie. He's a writer. I'm very talented. It's very nice of him. That's great. And that, you know, blossomed into, you know, 15-year friendship with Russell Crowe. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I go You're see his band 30 Odd Foot of Grunts every time wow. they're in town. Good pull, good pull. He actually, Is that the I, name of the band? Yes. Oh, when, my God. When he hosted SNL, he assumed that it was not live. He kept telling us, why does it matter? Why, why does it matter? This you know what Russell Crowe anyway. might say when he enters a room? Oh. Are you not entertained? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, I, I mean, Russell Crowe had a run, major run for us yeah. in our lifetime. It was a fast walk. <laughs> <laughs> if it had been a run, he might have been around a little longer. More of a jog. A walk jog. So your point, though, about uh, TikTok or even uh, Instagram. You know, if you're, there are people that I see on Instagram, like, I don't know if you know that guy, JT Firstman. Yeah. Very funny. Like he does, imp like he's, uh, does impressions, but they're funny impressions. It's like, here's the impression, my impression of the, uh, you know, the word Tuesday. Uh, just whatever it is. He's, he's very funny and he's out there. Um, but I noticed that he probably got an agent through that. His numbers went way up, yeah. you know, and suddenly he's on the cover of, of magazines. So you're right that TikTok and Instagram, things that young people love, they can be a part of your resume. They can be the thing, as you said, that gets the attention of younger agents if who I are were like more tapped into that. Again, I would just be trying to do that every day. I mean, yes. I look look at Rob Delaney and Kelly Oxford. They are Twitter discoveries. So Rob totally. Delaney is oh, in giant movies. Huge. 
TV series. Kelly Oxford, I think, directed a movie for MTV and just seems to have endless writing work. Absolutely. And it's no agent. You know, an agent, if you have that, can then parlay that into many things. But an agent can't make you famous or uh, or really do that much for you, honestly, until you've done it for yourself. So I, I think people place far too much importance on getting something that would come to them anyway at the time they needed it. Yeah. Right. Because you don't need it when you have nothing. You think you do. Because you yeah. think it's going to unlock everything for you. But really, you had the power all along. Oh, Ooh, that was, that was awesome. like our Wizard of Oz here. Yes. Um, it's so funny that you bring up Rob Delaney because he's so, he obviously when we were all starting Twitter, like he was just incredibly funny. You, you know, just seemed yeah. so original, funny and got so much notice. But like I would because I felt like as I was exploding onto the Twitter scene as well. Rob Delaney was always the guy who I was looking at his back, you know, like right. every, every yeah. step of the way I was like Salieri reading Mozart's music <laughs> and like dropping all the papers all over the room. Like I just, you know, he was so funny and, and I really love his stuff. So it was like a bittersweet situation, but yeah. And well, he, was shows... a, he was a first adopter. I mean, I think this is another good point is that he clearly, right when Twitter got started, got on it and started tweeting with no audience. And then he was included when you started a Twitter account. It would say, you may want to follow these people. It was Steve Ag, Twitter recommends. Rob Delaney and, I, and others who I don't remember. But I would also say, if I were starting out, whatever you heard about, whenever you heard about a new service starting, a new media thing, I would just sign up and start doing stuff on it. Totally That's right. smart. That's that's good advice. I mean, because I was listen, we're too old. So when TikTok yes. came, TikTok came around, I was like, pass. You know, I I don't care how many people are on it. Don't I'm not interested. Um, but Instagram is a great. You know, everybody loves Instagram. Love Everybody's Instagram. on Instagram, and there's a lot of hilarious comedy on Instagram. Like I see things on Instagram that make me laugh every day. So yeah, same. it's a, it's but a great the place. Agents get younger too. Cause yes. our generation of agents is in, in a little bit of an older mindset as we are, that you have Spec these scripts, scripts and I mean, yeah. but a new agent is not going to read a script. I'm guessing because if you're 24 and you've just grown up Instagram part of your life, TikTok part of your life, you're just going to look to that, which is the future of entertainment. And totally. you know, as we say, like, as I've said before, I think like, we're trying to teach people to make cannonballs in 1948. That yes. Th yeah. This is not going to exist in its present format in, in, I think, even five years, much less 10. JC, I feel like you've been chomping at the bit to ask a question <laughs> no, I, here. No, I was just, I have different thoughts that are coming through. And Bo Burnham is an example of a comedian who started on YouTube. And I was talking to friends that are maybe 30, 32, and they're like, I can't believe you've never heard of Bo Burnham. He, to us, he's the hero, our idol. And yeah. he just came out with a Netflix special called Inside, which is brilliant. I mean... Yeah, everybody loves it. Yeah. I haven't watched it. I, I, um, I mean, his movie is awesome, that eighth what, grade what, movie. What's his movie? Oh, eighth grade? Yeah. Oh, I, I, I haven't seen that it. That movie was... I can't believe that wasn't nominated for stuff. It was great. Wait, and I know, hate everything. You know, I know you do. You do. So if you like that, that's good. That's high praise indeed. Yeah. Bo Burnham to me is just one of those names where like I it's 
it's been thrown at me a lot over the last couple of years, like, you yeah. know, frantically, like, Bo Burnham. It was sort of like when, uh, when Fleabag right. was, you know, big and everyone was like, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. And I think that, and, and Goldie, I know you're like this too. The more the name is thrown at you as like someone who's amazing, I'm like, I, I don't know. Yeah. What? I'm exactly I, I, the same. I, I, I'm out. Like, I, I missed it. And but the I opposite w- is true. If I hear something is terrible, like the song Kokomo, Yes. Then I want to love it. <laughs> you you were so funny yesterday. So we were we were shitting on the song Kokomo and Goldie was like, I like that song. <laughs> and everyone was like, what would you would you play it? He's like, I would play it and enjoy it. I want to be wherever Kokomo is right now. If you told me I could go to a bar where they were playing nothing or a bar where they're playing Kokomo. <laughs> I would pick Bar B. <laughs> bar B. And listen oh. to Kokomo. <laughs> There's nothing in that song that I don't that I don't want to do. Oh, you want to take it fast and then take it slow. <laughs> yes. I don't know that you want to take it fast. <laughs> Briefly. Briefly. If I know that I'm gonna take it slow afterwards. Yeah, you're right. I get it. And we have the same discussion where I'm totally on board with you and I know JC is with We Built This City. <laughs> that that song is is good plus. It's not it's right. like it's better candy. than good. If you started a mix with Kokomo and We Built This City, <laughs> I'm not even sure where you go for three because you're already so far up. Yeah. Where would you go? Like and and we'll we'll remind our viewers that JC is in the video for <laughs> We Built This City by uh, by Starship. Yes, I believe they were just Starship at that point. Yeah, yeah. yes, very good. And it, it's a song that consistently tops lists of like the worst rock and roll yeah. song. It, it's not at all. It's it's I say again, it's good plus. Like I think it's just that. What opening. are other ones that you would put on that list? The worst songs in rock and roll. Yeah, I hate. Um, God, what's that one song that's like? Yeah, kids, rock and roll, rock on. I hate that song. <laughs> Is that Def Leppard? Or no, Pyromania? It's, no, it's like uh, a guy's name. It's like you oh. know, Smoldery Hammerson or something. <laughs> I forget. Isn't da- Damien something? Ja- John Damien. I, I forget. That song bothers me. This How about you, Goldie? Can you oh. think of a terrible rock song? <laughs> Who do we want to shit on? This is tough. I mean, the Rolling Stones going to a go-go. <laughs> yeah, but that song, song was not never that popular. Well, it's the you're, Rolling Stones. You need a chart. You need a chat topper. JC, any terrible rock songs from? No, you're like I can't speak shit about music. I can't. No, no, I I have loved. They're to. all my friends. I just can't think of like I'm going blank. No, there's so many songs like where I, I often think like, am I going to? to die while driving by just angrily changing, you know, rock on off the radio station. Like when I look down to change it, which I'll have to, am I going to lose sight of something on the road that I'll crash into? I hate the boys are back in town. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's a, that's a really bad song, but you're kind of obsessed with it at the same time. Yeah. Well, I mean, it just raises so many questions. Why did the boys leave? leave? (laughs) How long are they back for? And who cares? Why are they back? Why did that woman slap Johnny's face? What did he do? Is Johnny problematic? Is is he some sort of date rapist? Do we need to have a talk with Johnny or maybe just kick his ass? Should we turn Johnny in? 
Yeah, I don't. When like they this. say go to Dino's, or do we need a reservation at Dino's? <laughs> you know the lyrics really well. Yeah, no, it's a bar grill. Are we also eating at Dino's? Should I eat before I get to Dino's? Why do I care that the boys are back? Like, what? What was I just sitting around pathetically waiting for the boys to just come up and and turn my life into something? Someone was. Someone do the boys was. know they're the boys? <laughs> the are boys. they called the boys in the street? Uh, I, I are, think, are they are they leaving soon or like if I don't get them tonight, can I see them next week? In which case, none of this is an emergency. <laughs> yeah, they're. I think they're just back for a while. But now. this could be the theme song for you and Lloyd. The boys are back in town. Yeah, the, the boys. boys. I don't like those songs. Go, go I, to I, agree, I would do, are we allowed to sing on this thing, or do we have to pay for it? If we probably, uh, yeah, you could probably sing. Who's listening? I mean, Nobody. I like. I think the our our theme song is like boys will be boys, bad boys. <laughs> bad boys. Oh, I love bad that boys. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good is song. That, is that that's Gloria Estefan? I'm not sure who it is, but I always, the way I sing it is, Lloyd is the boys, good Lloyd, good Lloyd, Lloyd is the boys, good Lloyd, good Lloyd, good, 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 good Lloyd, he makes me feel so good. This is what I sing to my dog. That's so great. We're getting sued by Gloria Estefan's estate. She's going to pay for all that back surgery still. Oh, Now she's not going to give it to us. We've got to cut it. Miami sound machine. No, we'll, we'll keep that in until she comes for us. <laughs> She's going to come for us. Take out our money. Um, anyway, that's a, that was a great <laughs> bit about agents. Do you have any final thoughts? Because, I mean, you've, well, you've done very well in your career. What percentage of it would you ascribe to agenting? What percentage would you give to luck? What percentage would well, you give to a lot, skill? A lot. A lot is luck. Less is skill, even less is agents. I, but I will say that agents are like that thing, like when you hire someone to do something that you probably could do yourself, but it's kind of a hassle and they might have more phone numbers and emails than you do. Um, it's, it's, it's all about finding a good fit. Like when my first agent was a great guy and, I, and actually, I mean, I love Matt Rice, but I think that if I had stuck with that agent the whole time, his name is Josh Hornstock and he's over at UTA now as well. He was, he was such a good guy. And I think I just felt at the beginning of my career when I was like hungry to kind of move up and shark my way forward, I just felt like he might have been a little too young and a little too nice. But now he's like, it didn't, it wouldn't have mattered. Like I could have stuck with him. He was a great guy. Um, That'll flip too, though, because I like when I first met my agent, I was like, this guy's way too young. They're just fobbing me off on him because they don't want to deal with me. And now, of course, he's in the prime of his career. Yeah, he's in charge. And I'm old as hell. Yeah. I'm so this fossil agents... he's dragging around town <laughs> trying to pretend it's still a dinosaur. All right. What were you going to so, ask, I was going to ask, do agents actually find jobs for you guys? <laughs> well... I would say that they haven't really in my case. And and I think you'll find if you are lucky enough to come out and get a job as a writer and you have ability and you're, you know, you're funny, um, you'll get jobs through the people you meet along the way. Other writers who are starting their own shows, the same showrunner you had for the first show will get another show down the line and say, oh, I really want him back. And, and I know Goldie, that's, you know, people always request you who have worked with you before. And agents are there just to kind of manage the chaos. And they can also, 
when it comes time to negotiating with a studio, like, okay, the studio says, well, we want to pay him X. And then obviously you're relying on your agent to say, no, we want X plus 30. And then hoping that he can sway them a little more. And it, you know, it always comes down to the budget of the show and the showrunners and who are they comfortable divvying up all this uh, writer's budget to. But agents who are good, like what you described, Goldie, in the moment when you needed an agent to press the accelerator to uh, get you, you know, more, he did so. And that's what you, that's the best, you know, Obviously, there are agents out there who we talked about before who will send emails every month and say, hey, these clients, they're great. Will you consider them? And that's awesome. Like you want a guy like that. There aren't many, sadly, I think, who are like that. But you also want a guy, maybe maybe they're not like that, but maybe they're like Goldie's guy, who when the moment came to really you know, put the pedal to the metal, um, they did it. And that's the most important thing that'll happen in your career. So- Pick a guy that you obviously that they got to like you and you liking them as long as you get along with them and you think that they're smart. I think that's important because I, I, mean, I, I had a rock stupid agent once who I won't mention uh, his name, but just dumb as a post. And he was at CAA. So it was like, oh, this is the best place in the world. Like, wait, what is this guy doing? He never had a clue. So you don't be swayed by a big agency like CAA if they're going to give you some moron. Get a guy with a, you know, with a head on his shoulders. Go ahead, Goldie. Sorry, I cut you off. No, I, I was, I was going to say that a, a couple things. One is, you know, by asking around, you can find this type of, of person as well, which is that there are certain agents who can can kind of keep an ear to the ground for your specific economic situation. Like I have friends who, you know, went a while without working and their agent came to them and said, Menon wants 10 taglines and they'll give you, you know, $18,000. Menon. Five concepts. Like there are people who in your time of economic need may be able to get you the, the type of work that maybe right. you're not seeking but that will keep the lights on in your house and food on the table. And so those are people, too, who are worth pursuing. And in general, other writers can be a resource for that. But, I, you know, the the one thing I'll add that I really appreciate about my manager um, that I think people don't typically think about when they're approaching this stuff is he also lets me know when I have no leverage and it's impossible to move the numbers and I'm not in a great situation you want someone who will honestly tell you rather than to just keep up this fake positive Hollywood thing of like, look, man, here's the bottom line is you can take this. You cannot take this. I won't make a decision for you, but no one's banging down the door right now. And right. and that if you want money this year, you should do it. Yes. Um, That's a good it's, point. It's good to be able to, to have a comfort level with a person where they have the comfort level of you that maybe they feel like you won't fire them just because it's bad news if it's true news. Yeah. Right. And you're a realist. You've established that. Oh, I'm more than a realist. (laughs) He's a hyper realist. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, I mean, just in summation, agents, I know it seems like a weird industry for people who are not in the entertainment industry uh, to say like, well, what it, 
what are they doing? You know, like you're writing the script, like you're pitching the chair. Like, what are what they are actually... you doing? <laughs> I know. What I are any what... of us doing? We're, exactly. We're putting we're on writing... a, a doll show. I know. We're putting like, on like, like a child. Like well, we're literally, we're writing costumes. a cartoon. We're writing a car- cartoon. Yeah, but the whole thing is we're just putting on costumes and running around like nursery school kids it's with wigs on, pretending we're doing stuff. So well, it's, don't it's try fine. and get in a wig. I knew you were going to try and get in a wig. You don't get a wig, pal, <laughs> as much as you want one. I, I um, have one more question. Yeah, so, go ahead. So you have an agent. Okay, so you have, you had this agent at CAA. It's a great company. Mm-hmm. You don't like him. What happens? Right. Do you go to the company and say, I don't like the guy you gave me. Give me somebody else. Or do you just fire him and then you start looking for another agent? Well, it depends. Again, it depends on what your situation is as a writer. I mean, are you, like Goldie was just saying, like, Am I in a position of power? Like, do do they, would CAA want me there badly enough to say, oh, sorry, sir, here's a different agent with a different right. tie, you know? So that that might happen in some scenarios, but m- most likely if you're like a young up and coming writer and you know, you know, you're complaining about your agent, the agency will probably be like, okay, we'll go somewhere else. Like Got he's it. part of our culture. Like we like him, you know, you're obviously difficult, right. which is a yeah. word I'm sure they use often. Yeah. And I'm sure well, we are. One often. time I fired my agent was the longest conversation we ever had by a factor of 10. <laughs> <laughs> How did because they're just competitive people by nature. Uh-huh. They don't like to lose. So you know, all he was winning the whole time by like not really talking to me and not doing very much. And then when I said, "Hey, I don't want to do this," yeah, then it became like, "How could you?" Oh, yeah. After everything, After and then nothing. I just I just started having to pull out things that were totally unrelated. Like, come on, man, my dad died four months ago. <laughs> <laughs> just just wanting to end the call. Like, I'm very <laughs> ill-equipped. To handle someone who who really wants to go at it with me, because yeah. my instinct is just to roll over and <laughs> let them sniff the corpse and hopefully move hey, on. Hey, come on! Is that is that what you said when you came in fourth place in that local debate cha- uh, uh, fourth competition? Uh, I was a national debate champion. In oh, I keep forgetting because nobody cares. Um, and it seems. What were like you a, tra- a national champion of in high school? <laughs> Nothing. <I'm> curious. Nothing. <laughs> Neither That's the champion. big Alex Sulkin success story we should be talking about right now. Uh-oh. I'm glad the debate team prepped you to roll over when you when you were talking to your agent. Couldn't handle it. Clearly worked out well. And also, you you must be winning every argument with your wife. Was a debate team national champion. I'm sure you're just twisting her in pretzels. <laughs> I love it. And what a great non-response. Okay. Delve into the shadows of the mind. With Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs. Now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So now let's get to some Twitter questions about about agents. I think we. I can't imagine what questions there would be after someone listened to that extremely concise and formal. I know. Statement. Again, if we did, if we didn't cover it already. Okay, so this is from Tinka Dinka Do. Tinka Dinka Do. <laughs> what credentials should we look for in an agent? What is an average percentage cut of your earnings taken by an agent slash agency? It's, well, I mean, just so you know, it's 10%. And if someone's saying different than 10%, they are a crook and you should run the other direction. Like <laughs> I, I, my first manager that I had out here, they wanted 15% and I, I kind of blanched at that. And then they also said, cause we're sending out your headshots, which was, shows you how long ago it was pre email. We're sending out your headshots. We want you to pay us $200 a month in postage. Oh my God. What? And that I just is... said, I'm not doing that. That's absurd. <laughs> but people will. So I would say that that's a good sign you're not dealing with necessarily the most credentialed person is if they're trying to nickel and dime you in ways above the standard commission. Yes. Yeah. But what now you, you said credentialed and the question was about credential. Like, I don't know that you look for there's no license. I don't think I believe there is at. a license. Really? I think there is. That is such bullshit. No, I mean, I believe But you, presumably but if they're crazy. working for an agent, an agency you've heard of, they have this license. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. You can, you can look for the, there, you know, there are like five or so or half a dozen, let's say like name brand agencies out in LA. And if, if you're dealing with them, you're probably, you know, you probably have nothing to worry about in terms of like, they're trying to rip you off any more than all agents are trying to rip us all off. But <laughs> right. it, it. You know, credentials, I don't think, really matter. Um, if you can see how the person is working you, they're not a good agent. Oh, right. interesting. Yeah. Right. And 10%, as Goldie said, that's the customary that's customary standard. fee. 10% yeah. off the top, just a little taste, just to whip my beak. <laughs> um, okay, then Megan Megan Ross. I think she Megan asked, Megan. What questions should a writer ask a potential agent? How many writing samples should you have? What genres or multiple genres? Do you have any examples of red flags writers should be aware of? Jesus, this whole question was a red flag. That was like six questions. <laughs> Time for five questions. Okay, we can pick one. <laughs> With Megan Megan. <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> Megan Megan. <laughs> Megan Megan. All right, so let's go back to the first question. What questions should you should a writer ask a potential agent? Oh my God, she's making us do more questions off of her many questions. What well, question? What question would you ask an agent, Goldie? I, 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 I would come in because I, I, I've I believe that if you're asking anyone for anything, you should be asking them for one thing at one time, and then when you know this is a good, I mean, this relates directly to this question and to how I view life. Like you shouldn't go to your doctor and go, my toe hurts, my shoulder hurts. My nose is running. My throat's all screwed up. Like, you got to go one at a time. You got to yeah. say, right. hey, I'm having a problem with my throat. Get that handled. You move on to the nose. <laughs> so I would say, I would go in and say, I am interested in writing for these two shows primarily. This is, I love them. I'm a fan of them. Right. How can you get me in this room with these people? Oh, that's interesting. 
rather than just saying, I want a job, I want to be in comedy, I want to do anything. I'm not sure whether I want to be doing, you know, internet stuff or, you know, I want to be at HBO, but I also could do network stuff. I would just say, I have a very specific thing in mind I want to do. How do we get there? Right. Yeah. Or, and I mean, similarly, if, if we're talking about people like, say, TikTok sensations or Instagram stars who want to be writers, it's sort of like, how, how would you, how would you market me? Like, what would your plan be for me? And then maybe hopefully you're dazzled by something that this agency is planning. Cause I know I'm over at, at UTA, which I've found them to be for the most part good, but as we know, trying to get this fucking show off the ground, <laughs> like, you know, my agent again, love him said, Oh my God, we have the best podcast department in LA. Like, and I was like, comforted by that like wow okay awesome let's hand it off to those guys and you know here we sit a long time later and we're still not officially anyway when can we email the file yeah is is the is the only question we can actually just post it ourselves not yet so if you're if you're watching or hearing this just know that it took a really long time for this to happen more than it should have anyway yeah I don't think that answered any questions. Well, I no. think Wait, so. she had more questions tagged on there. Maybe you just pick one more. Um, do you have any examples of red flags writers should be aware of? Well, I think what Goldie was saying was a good one. If they say anything other than, you know, our fee is 10%. I mean, I guess if they went lower, that's interesting. <laughs> I've never <laughs> heard of that happening. I actually, I feel like I have. I feel like there was one agency that was like kind of undercutting people for a while. But then they they got in line with the rest of the agencies. Yeah, if obviously if if somebody doesn't have an office, if somebody <laughs> uh, you know, if you're meeting in the back of like the camper, well, like no one has from, an office now. Well, I know nobody has an office now, so be careful. You want to make sure that somebody. Ha- if you're meeting in the back of the camper van from uh, that thing you do, then it's probably not the right guy. False promises, uh, maybe just like yeah, you know. but you wouldn't know in the moment if it's a false promise. I mean, I guess that would That's take some point. time to kind of uncover. This, this doesn't answer your question, but just what you said about the camper van. When I was in New York and I was taking acting classes, and at what was a reputable acting school, Meisner Acting School, <laughs> there was a it attracts a lot of weirdos. There was a a guy in the class who he. He was a delivery man, and he used to ask women in the class to rehearse in the back of his truck. Oh, my oh God. no. <laughs> For real? No. Yes. It puts a lotion in the back. So they'd be, they'd be doing, terrible. you know, they'd be doing barefoot in the park in a truck barefoot in the on truck. West 78th Street oh no. in 98-degree summer heat. Oh going, I hate the spicy soup. <laughs> West 78th Street, maybe you could stop at Serendipity for some nice dessert. Oh, lovely. I used to eat sweets all over the Upper West Side. Now there's a Serendipity 2. Really? Yeah. Oh, do they spell it T-O-O just to be silly? I don't know. I hate that. I hate when people do that. All right, do we, hopefully we don't have any more questions. Not about agents. Good. Okay. All right. (laughs) So we didn't answer too many questions there. I'm sure if there were an actual agent on this call, they might have some counterpoints to some of the things we said. (laughs) Um, And just remember that writers are awesome and agents stink. No, they're they're great. Some of them. All right. Let's get to our fun top five list. It's how we close out every show. 
And uh, this week's list has got a lot of buzz around the yeah. office. A lot of people are excited about this one. It seems like very optimistic, positive energy going, positive energy. Goldie, don't. Don't be negative. So this week, uh, our top five list is uh, top, five, uh, top five songs with the word summer in the title because we're in the middle of summer. It's sticky. It's hot. Yes. And it's maybe. hot. Maybe won't be the middle of summer when this comes out, but just oh, well, know hopefully that it, it is. Will be. Hopefully it will yes, be. Yes. Would you? Would anyone like to go first? I'll go first because I'm go. just doing this under protest. <laughs> okay. And why? I don't know why, but go I, ahead. I just, it's just a top five list like I any other. I feel like I've just I'm just being it. dunked in a pond. <laughs> Are you a witch? Maybe. <laughs> we'll find I, out. I, I, there are so few. I, I predict we're all going to have the same ones. There's so Top few. five songs. So few. Summer ones. in the title. Go ahead. Here we go. Number five. And I had to reach. <laughs> Summertime Sadness by Lana Del Rey. <laughs> don't know it. Never I heard either, of it. I've Never heard of it. I've no overlap Well, there. educate yourself before you <laughs> propose a topic. At least know the... At least know the boundaries for the field the sport is played on. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go number four, Summer Wind by Frank Sinatra. Oh, that's oh, nice. a great one. I wish I had included it. See, this is already no bearing fruit. Yeah, no overlap. I love that song. I wish I had thought of it. Yeah. there's It, it, can, it can make you cry. Yep. Um, number three, Summer Breeze, Seals oh, and Croft. Nice. Great. You know, and you know why I like it? It doesn't overpromise. It makes me feel fine. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just Which is really, fine. that's all you can ask. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it doesn't, you know, the summer breeze and oh my God, I'm just cavelling with how great it is. It's like, uh, it's, it's, it's fine. Now, I don't, you... don't, we don't need to move to a different table. This is fine. There's a summer breeze. It's, it's fine. Uh, we may never get to the bottom of this, but are you more of a Seals guy or a Croft guy? I don't even know who I, I don't, I don't need, nobody either. does. Yeah. Nobody yeah. knows. It might be one person. We it could know. be. I've never been less interested to find out <laughs> to find out because I I, I, I kind of wondered that yesterday as I was going through stuff and then I said I don't even this isn't even worth slightly moving my thumbs <laughs> and then hitting a button to learn the answer I'll just by the I'm way just, no overlap so far yeah, no overlap same. I well I that's about to change okay here we um go. so number two. And I, I can't believe this, given my rant earlier against a rather similar song, but Boys of Summer. Oh, no, that's a great, that's a great song. song. And now we have overlap. Yes. We have yeah. overlap. Yes, we have complete that is overlap. A, that's a fantastic song. I Absolutely. Mean, who are the Boys of Summer? I mean, all the same questions. <laughs> no. Really, as to the boys are back. Are no. they the same boys? No. Why is everyone Don't. so concerned about boys? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, you cannot lump boys are back in town and with boys of summer they're they're completely different feelings yeah completely different feelings. i just don't know why i should be so obsessed with boys <laughs> but you are it's a and bad yet, look on me and yet you are I, I don't know look it's a good song okay and the top summer song and this should be there should be no debate over this and if this isn't all three or top three uh, top one i quit i just quit. okay <laughs> you're quitting we're in trouble yeah well you can talk to my i don't have an agent you talk to my manager <laughs> all right what's the difference see if you can get him on the phone uh <laughs> summer of 69 yeah 
I debated I mean, it. Me too. I debated. You mean it's it. not I, even on the list? Nope. No, need same. Oh god! I, I can't I, wait to hear what, I what really you think like, passes for I a really list. I really like that song, but it's <laughs> also it's 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 factually inaccurate. In the summer of '69, uh, I think uh, Brian Adams was like eight. I thought none of, that none when of I that. Was... None of that was happening. It was all false story. It is a great song, though. It's a great song. I love that song. And if I had a choice, I'd always want to be there. <laughs> I wonder. That's I wonder. Like that's. I wonder if pure Jody's, music. Genius. I wonder if Jody's marriage worked out. Oh, no one's marriage worked out then, because <laughs> you know Jimmy quit and Jody got married. So I want to know right. how that went. I, I think they probably went about as far as Brenda Renetti. <laughs> Brenda Renetti. She was the popular steady in the summer of six, 75. You guys know the lyrics very well. I'm very No, but impressed. you're talking you're talking we're talking about scenes from an Italian restaurant oh, okay. by Billy Joel cuz they for say years, Brenda, I thought it was Brenda, Brenda and, Renetti. And, I know. Yeah, I, I they say it was... Brenda and Eddie, but it sounds like Brenda Renetti. <laughs> which I like is like it. A, a Long Island girl. Um all right, JC, do you want to go or should I go? Do you want to do ladies last? Sure. All right. Yeah, okay. okay, so number five for me, Summer Lovin' from Greece. Oh, makes wait, me I love that. Summer Nights? No. Oh, it's not? Summer Lovin', right? I think it's called Summer Lo- I don't makes know. It might be called fun. Summer Nights. It, no, it might be called Summer Nights. Yeah. Anyway. Yes, yeah, sorry. So wh- whatever it is, yes. the summer song from Greece Doom. that definitely Oh, my God. I, I just realized Doom. I totally blew it, and I should have had Summer Nights, Hot Summer Nights by Van Halen. What the fuck was I doing? That's, don't <laughs> step on my fucking list. <laughs> I've got that coming up because you weren't cool enough to think of it, and I had it. Okay, pal. Oh my god! Jesus Christ! Your time is you've given the light to you. I mean, the topic was so bad. No, you're already you're already thinking of permutations you didn't think of. This is Doctor Strange. Can I do a Johnny joke? Yes. (laughs) Go ahead. Those I'll always stop for. All right, number four, "Summertime" by Will Smith. Love it. Okay, gotcha. Love that yes, song. Yes, with the cool of the gang uh, yep. sample. Number three, Goldie, Summer Nights, Van Halen. That's number one. <laughs> it's a great song. Great song. That's all we need. Don't you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's such a good song. Oh, my God. Um, number two, same title as one of them before, uh, Summertime from Porgy and Bess. Nice. What a song. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Oh, Goldie, how did we forget all of these? Well, you know what Summit- I say about that musical. Uh-oh. Too much porgy. <laughs> Not enough best. <laughs> and number one, no surprise, Boys of Summer, Don Henley. Nice. But uh, you know what? This has already been more fun than you thought, Goldie. Yes, all right, Jesse, go ahead. Okay. Um, I, I, can I just interject something about Hot Summer Night that I heard? And yes. I, I don't know if this is the case, but Sammy Hagar in his in his book, which I read, Said that Eddie Van Halen didn't even know the words to most of the songs. He just didn't care. Like once he composed the music, he was done. And so uh, like that song, How Do You Know When It's Love? Yeah. Where, you know, he, he, he one time they sang it in concert and he was like, that's, that's really deep. Like, I mean, what you're singing about right now, you never was like. It. What are you talking about? He's like, you know, you're saying about love and all these really deep things. He just never cared. It was like, look, I'm just going to do my job over here and get the guitar part laid out. And then whatever happens, I'm fine. That's hilarious. 
Uh, I heard Panama driving this uh, this morning, and that might oh, be the most kick-ass, so uh, good. kick-ass song of the '80s. I think the the most kick-ass song that I don't understand at all. No, uh, that's a good point. Yeah. No. What, what is it's going something on in sexual? That song? But it, that's the that's a great point though too. It's like you don't need to understand a song at all for no. But what does that have to do off. with like Manuel Noriega and Panama <laughs> and the canal? Like it, none of it makes any sense under scrutiny. Uh, no. <laughs> no. Costa Rica. <laughs> no. Panama Bolivia. It couldn't. Isn't there? Isn't there a kind of car called a Panama? I don't know. Like a Chrysler Panama? I don't know. I always thought it was a car. But anyway. All right, JC. Fucking you in a Chrysler. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, lean back in that Chrysler. Sebring. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'll just do you in my Volvo, baby. (laughs) (laughs) All right, more summer songs. Okay. Um, Okay, so number five. Um, it is sort of a tribute because I will just say the Stu just started playing with Perry Farrell and, oh. um, number five is Summertime Rolls by Jane's Addiction. Ooh, so don't know it. Oh, it's excellent. And, um, let me guess, does it go like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when, when they're, <laughs> when they play live is when they do Ben Cot stealing is, is, is Stu going to get to go rawr, 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 at the beginning? <laughs> That would be a great gig. That seems like the most fun job ever. It's like you see it coming up on the set list. You're did it, you need it. I would be perfect for that job. If they want to bring me up from the audience. Goldie, that reminds me of your your point about who the biggest asshole in rock and roll history is. Who is that? Who is it? You don't remember? No. The the guy who laughs at the beginning of Wipeout. <laughs> yes. interestingly enough i i tweeted that and then the director cameron crow tweeted back at me with this long explanation of sort of who laughed and why it was like a seminal moment and they were actually very cool and taking it personally i don't know man and i love cameron crow i'm not sure casting aspersions no his first two movies were very good (laughs) all right right, okay number four Yes. Okay. Uh, Stevie Wonder from Songs in the Key of Life, Summer Soft. It's one of my oh. one of my top songs. I love I this know, song. So I much. don't know that song. Oh boy. Um, I know. Sorry. Take a deep <laughs> breath. Take a deep, take a centering <laughs> breath. No, you're dealing with non-music people here, and you're immersed. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um, that's the Canadian way to say sorry. 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 Okay. Summer Nights or Summer Lovin' from Greece right. is my number three. There we go. Mm. Wait, th- isn't that your two? No, it's three. a three. Yeah, four was Summer Soft. Summertime Rolls is five. Four, Wait, three. but then Summertime Will Smith, or was that was no, that, that's that was me. Yeah. I right. was that idiot. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, am I not, okay, so number two. Yeah. Cruel Summer. Oh, Bananarama. God. <laughs> I'm so angry that I didn't think of that. I love that song so that's, much. Me too. Me too. That one was Jesus. Karate yeah. Kid. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No one's and, ever felt that way about me that they dated me and then I was gone and it was just the worst. Aww, <laughs> I doubt that. <laughs> like, have you have you had a summer romance? Either of you? A summer romance? Yeah. Not really. I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I did. Yeah, but I there there was it was nothing. It, it, yeah. There's nothing that either of us think about. I would think say on either. But it's side. like all these songs, like Boys of Summer. It's about yeah. you know yeah. And I just never 
never really had it. I know we didn't we didn't grow up in that like make out point era, you know, or yeah. like beach blanket parties and we just missed it, I think. Yeah. We we grew up in these sit in your other, basement. Other and kids watch were TV. definitely doing stuff that <laughs> yeah. I was not a part of. Not I. That's not in the Jewish agenda. Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't happen. Hey, you I remember remember I think I must have been about sixteen or seventeen and I had a, a girl over to to like do debate stuff. Nice. Oh, and yes. then she just Very sexy. sat on my back and started massaging me. And then I was like, I wonder. But does she want me to do stuff? Oh, and I didn't so do sweet. anything because oh I was God. like, I don't. I I feel like that she. This is not really a signal, and she just <laughs> thought I looked. Well, it, it's a signal, but it's also a weird signal because she's got you face down. It's like, what are you yeah. supposed to do at that point? You have to very awkwardly flip around and then pull her towards you. Like that's terrifying. Well, I think I was also. I think maybe I was. I was seventeen, and she was fifteen. I was like, oh. she's so young. Oh, you got that? That's really nice. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> this person who's infinitely more sophisticated than I am. I mean, she was making. Anyway, that's the closest move. I came to a summer romance because uh, I feel like that was in that was in April. I, write, I, a, write a song about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, we got okay, one um, left. Yeah, and number one is Boys of Summer. Yes. yes, Don Henley. Yes, yes. That, that was. What does it mean to you, JC? Who are the boys, and why? Why do we care? Uh, it's funny because I never associated it with the content of the song, like the meaning mm. of the song. I just associated it with a time in my life, which is like... I know. It's but like, how many boys of summer do you think there were? Like it was hundreds? <laughs> yeah, I feel like five. Were there only six? I feel like five boys And of also summer. it's like, so is this guy, again, to, to our running theme on this show, is this guy just some beta cuck who waits <laughs> around for like the eighth bite at the apple? Of this girl after every summer boy. Has... Right. Shouldn't he be glad? Like, now there's no competition. All the boys of summer have gone. And now, with my pale, flabby body, I can, with a shirt on, sort of talk about how, like, lame they were and how they just left. Yeah. And it's like, we're stuck here. And why don't we, you know, I mean, as long as if you're not taking anyone to the dance and I'm not, because the boys are, you know, in Indianapolis now or wherever they went. <laughs> From the big city, are they? I gotta get Henley in a one-on-one sitch. Yeah, we should get him on the podcast. Just ask him these questions. Oh, I'm sure he'd be dying to do this podcast. Love to do this podcast. Love it. You're a writer, Don. (laughs) Anyway, well, you know what? We've come to the end of another episode. I think it was a fun one. Maybe not the greatest, but not the worst. I enjoyed it. We did it again. As as I said uh, to to TV executives who who didn't like a script of my show, um, this will be your least favorite episode. (laughs) (laughs) What a great answer. Yeah. What a great answer. One of them has to be. Right. And this is it. I don't know. This is one. I don't know. This is one. No, no, no. But it was lovely. I liked it. I'm just loving to see you guys again. Same. So I want to, we want to thank you all for listening and or watching. I want to thank you two for being awesome. And And, uh, we will talk to you all next week.